If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to episode 112 of the Leading Learning Podcast. In this episode, we're going to revisit some of the trends we have identified over the past four years of hosting an annual trends and predictions webinar. Our fifth annual webinar is coming up on December 7th, so this seems like a good time to see how things are going with the trends and predictions that we've offered in the past. Before we do that, though, we want to highlight a resource, and we also want to introduce a new initiative that we've launched. So first, for the new initiative, we've mentioned in recent episodes that we're collaborating with the folks at 100 Reviews to launch a new Review My LMS site. That site is now ready to go, and the first stage of making it as valuable as possible is to collect reviews. So it works like this. Uh, If you have experience working with a learning management system, and if you go and contribute a review to the site, you get access to all of the other reviews on the site at no charge. As part of introducing Review My LMS, however, we want to offer an additional incentive. Namely, if you contribute a review by December 22nd, we will give you a code good for $50 off of our upcoming Learning Technology Design, or LTD for short. That's a virtual conference. And important point, the $50 code that we will uh, issue you can be applied on top of another discount that we're going to mention later on in this very episode of the Leading Learning Podcast. The review process is really straightforward. Just go to reviewmylms.com, click give a review, and follow the instructions for completing the brief questionnaire. You're going to get the satisfaction of helping out your peers and other organizations in the learning business community, and we will follow up to provide you with a $50 discount code for Learning Technology Design 2018. And while we're on the topic of Review My LMS, we want to be sure to thank the founding sponsors of the site. We feel like the ability to get high-quality, dependable reviews from peer organizations has been a gap in the association and broader learning business market for a long time. So we're really excited to know that it's soon going to be filled with support from the following companies, Community Brands, Digitel, NextThought, and WebCourseWorks. And we'll link to each of those companies from the show notes for this episode at leadinglearning.com slash episode 112. And if you're looking for an LMS, we really encourage you to visit these companies and see what they have to offer. And final point, before we turn to talking about learning trends, we want to highlight a resource for this episode. And it's one that goes very well with the whole topic of trends. Namely, it's a brief titled 10 Critical Shifts in the Market for Lifelong Learning. Um, And in it, we provide an overview of 10 key trends that we think learning leaders need to have front of mind as they plot their strategy for the coming years. You can download a copy simply by going to the show notes for this episode, and you'll find those show notes at leadinglearning.com slash episode 112. So now let's get to the promised discussion of some of the trends and predictions that uh, we've offered in the past. That's uh, it's always tricky business to be offering trends and predictions because you, you never know how they're going to pan out. Obviously, we do our best, and uh, we want to discuss these in this episode partly as a way to provide some some flipped content for the upcoming webinar. And you can find that webinar by going to tagoras.com slash webinars, and you'll see that uh, the, the trends webinar is listed there if you happen to be listening to this episode before that particular webinar takes place. But 
you know, we found it in helpful in, in past uh, versions of that webinar to talk about the trends and predictions that uh, we've made before, you know, and that just helps to give a little bit of background, a, a little bit of uh, context, just a, a way for webinar attendees to kind of understand where we're coming from and, and, the, and what we've covered before and why we might not be covering it again. So we're offering this as, as flipped content to webinar attendees. But perhaps more importantly, you know, all of the trends and predictions we've made really still apply. I mean, it's only been four years. Uh, we're talking internet time, of course, but things still don't move that fast. Uh, you know, some of them have had more impact than others, but there's still good reason to be aware of them and to consider how they might evolve. So we felt it would be valuable to revisit what we've said in the past and offer some perspectives on how things have played out and where they are headed. So let's uh, go back to 2013. That was the first year that we had a trends and prediction webinar. And that year we focused on um, what we called megatrends and we uh, pulled out three of them. And we called them megatrends because they sort of rolled up a lot of smaller trends. Um, the first was the growth of different modes for learning. Um, we kind of encapsulated this in the term budding business models. Um, and by modes for learning, you know, we meant things like MOOCs, the massive open online courses, flipped classrooms, virtual conferences. Um, and these new modes of learning made new business models possible, and they gave us new ways to monetize learning. So that was the first of the three megatrends. The second uh, megatrend we highlighted in, in 2013 was e-learning. And we had a little asterisk after the E because this E doesn't stand for electronic as it often does with uh, uh, e-learning, but it stands for entrepreneurial. So we talked about things like self-publishing on the instructor side and self-directed learning on the learner side, that how these were n new aspects of this entrepreneurial learning um, where really the individual, whether as instructor or as learner, has a lot of power and a lot of control. And then the third and final megatrend that we highlighted in 2013 was the idea of credibility as the deciding factor. And, you know, we talked about how uh, the marketplace had just, you know, busted wide open. It was increasingly competitive um, and, you know, a lot of uh, folks entering it, a lot of options out there for consumers. Um, and you have newcomers vying with these established entities to, to serve learners. And so when you have that much competition, really credibility becomes how learners choose. And so we argue that gives associations who often have really built-in credibility with their, their members and the profession or industry or field that they serve, they have that credibility built in. And so that gives them a big leg up on helping to be that uh, resource that those folks turn to for their learning. And so those were our trends in 2013, uh, but then we always finish up the, the webinar by offering up some predictions. Uh, and these may be things that uh, we think are going to happen or uh, maybe that we just hope are going to happen <laughs> in the, uh, the relatively near future. And so um, in 2013, we focused on uh, two predictions and one that was really an anti-prediction, anti-prediction. We talked about the promise of blended learning finally being meaningfully realized, and that was largely in part because of the growth of mobile learning and the idea that uh, being able to have a phone as a way to supplement uh, instruction outside of the classroom before, after, even during the, the way that you can interact in a classroom um, with, a, with a phone, and for that matter, also being able to you know support online activities like webinars. But it just seemed like we were 
finally at a point where it, it just made sense that the whole hype about blended, blended learning that had been out there for years should finally be realized fully. And then we also talked about uh, what we described as a, a universal transcript uh, th- that year. And um, that's a transcript that documents a, a wide range of learning experiences and achievements. And, uh, you know, behind that thinking was the idea that, that the XAPI, 10CAN, the Experience API, whatever you call that new set of e-learning standards, we're going to make it much easier to track uh, different activities happening really all over the place, not just within a learning management system or a traditional database. Um, so we felt like, you know, being able to accumulate all of your activities in one place was going to be a significant, uh, had significant potential for the future. Um, and then, you know, as far as the anti-prediction that year, I think we wanted to be a little bit contrarian and, and say that, you know, that the lecture is, uh, was, will be alive and well and was going to survive the rumors of its death. Uh, 2013 was a year when the lecture as a format was really taking a beating. It continues to take a beating, but I don't think we hear quite as much about it uh, as we did at, at one point. And, um, you know, and here we are, of course, in 2017 on the verge of 2018. And as far as I can tell, the lecture is, is doing just fine uh, at this point. So, you know, if we look at those uh, trends and predictions from 2013, I, you know, I feel like um, they all still apply, as you said at the outset, Jeff. I mean, you know, I think we're still um, dealing with a very entrepreneurial market. I think we're still seeing sort of the effects of different modes of learning on business models. How can you monetize some different uh, ways um, that learning can be delivered now? And, um, you know, the, the blended learning um, and mobile learning taking off the universal transcript. I feel like these are all still things that people are are talking about. And so, you know, I think as you said, sometimes with our predictions, I think it's a little bit more about what we're hoping to see more focus on, you know. But I, I do think that these all have remained um, factors that people are talking about. Yeah, definitely still in play. And, you know, a couple of Notes I would add, uh, you know, since that time, we've talked a lot more about the marketplace model, and uh, we'll link to a post on that, actually. But this is the idea that uh, companies and sometimes organizations are coming along and really kind of making a market um, for education. And one of the biggest instances of this has been Udemy. And uh, we probably mentioned Udemy in 2013. I can't even remember at this point. But, uh, you know, Udemy has set up a place where subject matter entrepreneurs can come and create courses and have a marketplace for them, kind of like Amazon.com. And they've got millions of learners, uh, maybe millions, at least hundreds of thousands of instructors, I believe, at, at this point. And they've really set up a good way for experts to monetize their knowledge. And I mean, this is something that if you're in the education business, you need to be tuned into and, and seeing what's happening because your own subject matter experts may in fact be making use of this platform. But you know, I still ask uh, groups of educators when I see them, adult educators in this whole learning business, if they know about Udemy and if they've visited it yet. And still too many people have not. I mean, mo- and most of the people in a room that I'm talking to still will not have uh, visited Udemy. So go to udemy.com and make sure you understand what's going on there. The other one I'll note is um, we've actually interviewed Kelly Palmer, who's the chief learning officer of Degreed, a very interesting company. This whole idea of the universal transcript and being able to kind of aggregate all of your learning in one place. Degreed was kind of, you know, out out the gate, uh, the company that really focused on that, and they've continued to evolve. And I'll actually mention them again when we when we talk about some of the the other trends because they've they've capitalized on multiple uh, trends and, and predictions that uh, that uh, we're going to cover in the uh, in the podcast today. So that was 2013, big year 2013. I think I mean a lot was going on then, a lot that's still reverberating right now. 
So in 2014, you know, we again focused on uh, three trends that um, that rolled up some some smaller trends. We tried to find sort of the themes that were behind some of the, uh, uh, the the strands that were out there. So we talked about what we termed the validation industry that uh, we felt was growing up at that point, and this encompassed things like um, competency-based learning. It encompassed things like uh, that universal transcript or what we also call a learning locker at times, a place where you can get all of your learning in one place and be able to show it out to employers or whoever you need to, to show it to. Um, and then nanodegrees. Nanodegrees started becoming a, a thing at this point as one of the big MOOC providers, Udacity, really started to push in that direction much more. And we also talked about um, small being beautiful, which, you know, that, that picked up on nanodegrees. It also picked up on what has become kind of the, the trend of trends, and we're going to talk about this one some more at the beginning of our upcoming webinar, and that's microlearning. Uh, microlearning was really sort of getting its foothold that year and, and obviously has, has grown since then. And then the third trend that we highlighted in 2014 was what we called the impact imperative. And, uh, you know, the idea here was that there was a, there's a growing need for learning to have real meaningful impact and to move the needle demonstrably in some way. People aren't going to pay just for information anymore. And this kind of goes back to the whole lecture thing, you know, because most lectures tend to be a little too informational. They're not really designed for impact. Not that they can't be. They certainly can be. But, you know, you need to be thinking about impact, particularly if you're going to be charging for learning and showing that your learning is actually making a difference. And uh, related to that, we talked about the growth of learning analytics, you know, which has been a buzz term for quite a, a while now. But uh, learning analytics, being one of the ways that you're actually going to demonstrate that impact. We also talked about concepts like, you know, maintenance of certification and the emphasis on good learning design that's going to be needed to actually be in a position to show impact in, in the first place. So those were the trends from 2014. And in 2014, we offered two predictions. Um, we talked about uh, kind of the increasing blurriness of, of learning and, and specifically how labels and terms um, that we've historically used uh, are becoming increasingly imprecise, um, inadequate, maybe even inaccurate um, to describe what we're doing in terms of, of learning. You know, just one example of that is e-learning. And here I do mean the E as in electronic learning, you know, yeah. but is that a meaningful term when so much learning is now delivered or supplemented electronically? So is it even worth kind of calling it out as a separate type of learning? Um, so that was kind of one prediction that, that we talked about is that there's just going to be this growing uh, difficulty sort of uh, categorizing and, and keeping um, different concepts of learning in their neat little boxes, that things were going to get a, a little messy and a little blurry. And then we also talked in 2014 about the rise of the machines. Uh, so this was basically the, the growth of artificial intelligence. That's definitely a, a, a trend um, that is you know, continuing to grow at, at this point. And you know, we focus specifically on some of the implications for what does it mean uh, for our learning when we do have artificial intelligence supporting us in the work that we do. So you know, if you're helping someone get better at their work, uh, in their career, in their profession, in their field, what does it mean if a machine can start doing some of what um, we used to rely on people to do? Yeah, that, obviously, that's still a big one right now, artificial intelligence. Um, you won't hear us discuss it in the webinar because we did bring it up in 2014. I'm a little proud. I think we were kind of a little, a little bit of ahead of the curve there in emphasizing artificial intelligence as something that learning businesses need to be thinking about. And um, we have a podcast uh, episode coming up with Nick Schacht from uh, the Society for Human Resource Management. He's a senior vice president there. 
And we have an interesting conversation in the podcast about competencies and competency models. And um, he's very into adaptive learning and, uh, you know, being able to adapt to where a learner is to get her to the level of competency that she needs to be at. Uh, and, and I'd commented that artificial intelligence really is going to change what that level of competency is because with artificial intelligence, a lot of the lower competency levels and increasingly increasingly higher levels of competency mm -hmm. can be fulfilled in a particular field or industry by a machine um, that can step in and do that job. And I don't see that so much as a threat to human jobs is just a, a message that we need to rethink what the starting point is for humans and, and what the function of humans really is versus machines that have uh, artificial intelligence driving them. So definitely going to continue to be a, a very big topic. Um, the other one I'll note is, you know, that, that whole impact imperative, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that just gets more and more important. There, there's no way around that. It, it's something we've continued to focus on. It's a, a, a a driver for why we came up with the learning business maturity model, which we'll uh, link to as part of the show notes for this episode. And of course, you know, the model puts together really everything you need to be an impactful learning business. Certainly one of the areas that it focuses on is capacity um, and building the capacity of your organization. And that's, that's probably a great place to pause. And let's talk a little bit about an opportunity that we are providing for capacity building through our upcoming virtual conference. So 2018 is almost here, and we are very excited to once again be offering Learning Technology Design, or LTD, our virtual conference that's designed specifically for people who are in the business of lifelong learning, continuing education, and professional development. And we'd like to take just a minute to tell you a little bit about the event, and we really hope that you'll consider joining us. As in years past, we've put a big emphasis on uh, reaching out to prospective attendees to find out the right topics um, to address at LTD. And this year, we've also put a, a strong emphasis on having frontline practitioners lead the sessions, lead the workshops. Um, these are the folks who have to wrestle with and, and deal with solutions for their own organizations day in and day out. And they're going to be bringing the examples and experience that they have to share with you. So we've got the uh, the speaker facilitators, uh, great lineup. You can check out the program at ltd.tagoras.com slash program. And in addition to those workshops, we're going to be doing what we call content pods that we've done at a lot of our events. And these are shorter segments of content. And we're excited about these because these are going to be really dynamic. We're getting the workshops set up well ahead of time and are going to you know, plan those out thoroughly, have them aligned to learning objectives. We're going to uh, wait until we've got registrants for the conference and really get your input, your feedback on what you want those content pods to be, and then really shape the content to make it as practically useful as possible to you closer to the time of the event so that it's really fresh and that it's really aligned to your specific needs. We're also going to be offering Q&A sessions uh, every week of um, LTD, which is going to be uh, basically a month-long event. We're spreading it out so that um, you can have as much time um, between sessions to begin to apply the ideas to your own work. Um, on uh, Fridays, we're going to have a Q&A with uh, Jeff and me, with other attendees. It's going to be a chance for um, beyond Q&A, also for um, 
participant-driven discussion. So what is it that you're uh, interested in talking about? That will be another opportunity beyond the content pods for you to really shape the experience of LTD. And then in addition to that, uh, we're going to have an online community around the event so that uh, you're able to communicate with peers, with the speaker facilitators who are leading the sessions, uh, and then with us. And, uh, you know, not every listener is aware of it probably, but uh, we've been doing this for a couple of decades now, uh, involved in this whole world of adult lifelong learning, the learning business. We've launched our own companies. We're learning providers ourselves, and we have consulted and advised with hundreds of organizations at this point. So we have we have some pretty good experience to share and you'll have direct access to us during that month of learning technology design. So we encourage you to visit ltd.tagoras.com to find out more. That's where you can also reserve your spot. Um, and we really hope that you will decide to be part of this remarkable experience. And if you do, be sure to use the code LTDpodcast to get $100 off. That's either for an individual registration or an organizational registration. And um, if you happen to go over to reviewmylms.com and leave a review there, you can use this $100 coupon code uh, in addition to the $50 coupon code you will get um, as part of leaving a review there. So we hope to see you in February 2018 at Learning Technology Design. 2015. And that year, we looked at two learning trends. Um, The first trend we talked about was design thinking. And with design thinking, you have a future situation in mind. So you don't start with a specific problem, but you start with a future situation. And the goal is to really stimulate creative thinking and and different approaches um, for how you might achieve that future situation. Um, And we talked about how design thinking can be applied to learning, of course, and how, you know, taking that sort of mindset where you're trying to kind of imagine how you get to a, a, an ideal or a more ideal future situation and what that might mean for how you design and develop learning. The uh, second trend from 2015 was personalized learning. Um, and so we talked about you know this idea of really being able to tailor um, learning to an individual learner's specific strengths and needs and interests. Um, and like so many of these trends, personalized learning has been around a, a long time. I mean, you can take, uh, you know, tutors as a, an old school example of personalized learning, that, that one-on-one. Um, but we highlighted personalized learning um, in 2015 because technology, we felt, had really reached a tipping point with um, more sophisticated algorithms um, that make it possible to offer personalized learning on a large scale versus the, the more old-fashioned, human-driven, one-on-one type of personalized learning um, that can be so time and resource intensive and therefore expensive. So we felt like personalized learning had kind of come into its own, uh, again, because of some technological advances. And then we offered two predictions, um, which really tied to those trends in 2015. So we talked about uh, grand design learning. And so this was the application of design thinking specifically to the development of learning products and services that really drive the future of a field or industry. So thinking big in terms of really uh, driving change within your particular field or industry and and designing learning experiences with that in mind. And then we also talked about uh, uh, sort of on the opposite end, um, but also very design driven, I guess. And and that was the concept of boutique learning, which is the idea that uh, there may be a a resurgence of small scale, uh, highly specialized learning offerings that that focus on the personal, the, the human 
rather than the personalized or the technological. So, you know, really getting to know your, your learner, your customer, um, but in a, in a face-to-face or, you know, human-to-human communication rather than a human-to-machine sort of communication uh, effort. And uh, we did actually do a, a full podcast episode on grand design learning and on boutique learning. So we'll be sure to link to that as part of the show notes for this as well, just to give you a, a little more on, on those concepts. And so I know we are going to at least mention personalized learning in the upcoming webinar as, you know, one of the background um, trends at the beginning. We won't be going over everything that uh, we're doing in this podcast. Um, and, you know, obviously that's continued to, to gain ground since 2015. I, I, I still really like this idea of um, boutique learning, mm-hmm. and that may be because we kind of feel like we do it ourselves mm-hmm. uh, with our symposium um, and, you know, other focused events that we might consider. Uh, I also feel like I, I participate in boutique type learning experiences more and more often. I'm actually really working on um, uh, my public speaking right now to do more of that as part of what, what we do here at Tagoras. And as part of that, I'm uh, participating, as, as you well know, in, yes. um, in Michael and Amy Port's uh, heroic public speaking program, which is kind of a, a graduate school boot camp that takes place over multiple months. Very intensive very boutique, um, quite pricey because, you know, it, it, it is it is really personalized, really customized, but that's because of the human interaction with them that it's personalized and customized, and they really provide an experience that caters to where you are and where you want to go, um, and every single time you show up there, you just have, you have an amazing experience, and I think more uh, events like that from learning providers are, are what's going to really um, represent the, the future, particularly when it comes to learning experiences that you can charge and charge well for, Mm. uh, basically. I know you've come back from every time you've been at one of those in-person events as part of her public speaking, you've come back sort of really excited and energized, I think, by by what has happened there and what's happened in the lead up to being there, of course, too. Definitely, definitely. They, they know their, their topic well, um, but they are also very, very good teachers, very good designers of learning experiences, uh, very good learning business entrepreneurs. So that was 2015. And then 2016, we're getting, getting close to uh, the, the current day. We highlighted uh, two trends again that year. The first of these was uh, the increased focus on workforce development and specifically tightening the link between lifelong learning and workforce development and workforce sustainability, really keeping the workforce where it needs to be over time. And, uh, you know, obviously people are switching jobs more often than ever. People are switching careers or entering the, the workforce in different ways. Employer, employers are increasingly concerned about whether they're getting the skills they need in the employees that they're bringing in. Um, so it's become, you know, much more of a front burner issue and of course, you know, trade and professional associations are really well positioned to to help with that as sort of the keepers of the the, the knowledge and, and skills within their particular field and industry. So um, we're starting to see many more organizations think actively about the role that they will play in workforce development, collaborating with different institutions to do that. This will actually feed into uh, one of the trends that we're going to talk about in uh, the, the webinar um, that, that's upcoming um, because workforce d- development has continued to, to grow as an issue. We've done a couple of episodes where this uh, 
uh, factored in heavily, one with um, Scott Wiley, who's the president of the American Society of Association Executives. He's very big on this, uh, both with ASAE and with the Ohio Society of CPAs, where he is the uh, the CEO. And then we also, uh, you had a conversation with Elizabeth Engel and um, Shelley Alcorn about a report that they put out that really related to this. So we'll make sure that we link to both of those. The second learning trend that we highlighted last year in 2016 was virtual reality and specifically the impact of virtual reality on on learning. Um, you know, we did some things to kind of verify our sense that virtual reality was a growing trend. We looked, um, for example, at Google Trends and and saw you know just kind of the 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 skyrocketing um, of searches on the term virtual reality going back since 2004, but it's grown and grown and grown year over year. Um, and um, and and one of the things too that we we talked about was Oculus Rift and some of mm. the the products that were being released into the the market um, and that had come out uh, that year. And so again, primarily starting in the gaming or entertainment field, but of course, as those things begin to uh, get released and be used by the general public, they also become ways that. Um, that learners can begin to use them or organizations providing learning. And while Oculus Rift was, uh, was, is pretty expensive, you know, we also noted that there are uh, much cheaper alternatives all the way down to just, uh, you know, a, um, a few a few dollars with Google Cardboard, where you're taking you know an existing um, uh, mobile phone and using it with a very simple. Um, add-on made out of cardboard, but it allows you to get a little bit of that virtual reality um, experience. So we felt like we were, again, kind of had hit a tipping point with virtual reality where you had just sort of sheer volume, Google Cardboard being so cheap and doing some partnerships with like the New York Times to just send out, you know, hundreds of thousands of these viewers. And so then you begin to have applications that are being developed so that folks can, can take use of those. And then in terms of... Um, predictions um, last year we talked about two and um, we talked about uh, one of them being the rise of incentive challenges mm. and so incentive challenges are, are um, where you have different individuals or teams that are competing to solve a problem and then to win a prize um, and incentive challenges you know like personalized learning um, like blended learning, like so many of the things we're talking about, have been around a long time. Um, back in the 16th century, the the Spanish crown uh, instituted a very large prize in the hope of discovering um, how to con uh, calculate longitude at, at sea. So, you know, that's uh, going back hundreds of years there. But um, we, we think incentive challenges are going to become in increasingly important in years ahead. Um because they give us sort of an interesting frame to put around learning. You know, if we frame learning as courses and, and conferences or seminars, you know, we're focused on solutions and products. But if we um, kind of wear the lens of incentive challenges, we're really focused then on defining the key problems mm. first. What is it that, you know, is in, you know, the, the major challenge uh, in our field or profession or the major opportunity? And then, you know, then how do we get there so that we don't jump to products or solutions, but we really um, think big picture. And so we talked about a few examples, you know, XPRIZE might be one that folks are familiar with, but then there are some that were, are, are gaining traction in the learning space in the association space. In fact, XPRIZE has a, an education-focused um, 
uh, prize that they're putting out around uh, getting um, children in developing countries to be able to teach themselves basic reading, writing, and arithmetic, um, you know, using a device of, in, in the span of a year and a half. And, and that's an ongoing prize, going to be uh, a winner, will be announced in 2019. But in the association space, we see things like um, Healthy Nurses, Healthy Nation, um, that we, when we've talked to um, uh, Marla Weston, the CEO of ANA and the American Nurses Association about that uh, grand challenge. Um, so we'll, we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes as well so you can hear more about that initiative if you're interested. Um, so that was one of the two um, predictions. Uh, we said sort of a rise of incentive challenges. I don't think we've really seen a, a huge growth uh, this past year uh, of those, but I still feel bullish that we will see uh, an increase in, in that kind of thinking, that kind of um, sort of crowd wisdom uh, approach to to dealing with, with major issues. Well, it's less than a year later, too. So we, we, we still have ramp up time uh, on that particular prediction. I'll mention, too, that we did uh, have an episode with the XPRIZE oh, right. Foundation. So um, we need to be sure to link to that as, as well. Um, we've got episodes related to a lot of this stuff. It, it helps drive mm-hmm. you know, what we do here on the, uh, the podcast, uh, keeping track of these types of trends and predictions. And uh, the prediction that, um, that I made last year that uh, also has not fully come to fruition, it, it this point, though, I still stand by it and think it's got too soon, is the idea that there's going to be a market shakeup um, at some point soon. We've seen so many, uh, particularly learning technology companies, uh, enter into this learning business market, so trade and professional associations, but even more broadly, um, providing technologies and services that are meant to support market-facing learning and education businesses. And uh, there's starting to be a glut of them. I think the supply is starting to get uh, too high, and we're going to see some shakeout. We're going to see some acquisitions, um, smaller companies being bought up by larger companies, companies merging to try to realize more value, and frankly, some companies going out of business at at, at some point uh, here. So, you know, stay tuned. Um, make sure as you're dealing with the different providers who are out there that um, you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's in terms of doing some some good background checking on them. You usually can't get out their financials. Most of these are still privately held companies, but you know, find out what their customer service is like. Find out what they've been like, uh, how, how they've been evolving. If they do seem to be evolving, if they seem to have some momentum, and, and, and certainly pay attention to those things because it, it will come. We've seen it. We've seen it in the past with uh, with e-learning companies and. Uh, um, it, it's bound to, to happen again. So that was the, uh, the, the my prediction, at least uh, last year. Well, I'll note, too, that a, a great resource, too, in dotting your I's and crossing your T's are review sites, um, like Review, My LMS, and other sites. We want to make sure that you go out and talk to others or hear how others who are interacting with these platforms, where these with these providers, what kind of experience are they having? That's right. ReviewMyLMS.com. Definitely get over there and, and leave a review. And even if you don't have a review to offer, uh, we'll soon have it opened up so that um, th- there is a way to to register and get access to reviews uh, without necessarily contributing one. Now, the, um, the, the one note I wanted to make relative to that last round of trends and predictions is uh, I'll bring I'll bring Nick Schacht from uh, Sherm back into the, the picture again. He's uh, top of mind for me this week, I guess, since I just interviewed him and smart guy has you know great things to say. Um, but he was really talking about um, one of the things he's excited about right now is the increasingly increasing ability to simulate the work environment uh, as a context for training. And 
he didn't even necessarily have in mind full-blown virtual reality because there are ways to simulate, you know, without necessarily getting into virtual reality, and, and those are important to, to realize. Um, but certainly what virtual, virtual reality does promise, you know, really being able to put people in context and, and having them in those situations where they're able to go through whatever behaviors, actions they need to as a learner, very, very powerful. And I think, it, you know, we're just in very early days of that right now, but there's no way it's not going to be a significant factor um, going forward. Because we've known for a long time how valuable experiential learning is That's right. and, and virtual reality and, and other tools just give us, uh, take us one step further down that path of really getting to the, the experience of, of learning and being able to apply that. So that's been a quick look back at the trends and predictions from the last few years. Um, as you noted at the beginning, Jeff, you know, these trends and predictions still apply. We feel like I don't think there's any of them that I would sort of throw out at this point. Um, that said, the nature of learning um, is that many trends take uh, a fair amount of time to run their course and they evolve and they grow over the years, if not even over decades. Um, and the predictions similarly will take um, some time to, to fully flower. Um, but we expect all of these to continue to evolve, continue to grow. And, um, and so that's why we wanted to take the time to revisit. And of course, yeah, we wouldn't drag them out for an, an episode of the, of the show if we didn't think they were something that everybody needs to return to and think about, you know, does this apply to my organization? Um, are we factoring it into our vision, into our strategy? Do we need to be? So, you know, all of these are, are just good food for thought. Um, this is, you know, yet another uh, episode where having multiple people listen and then have some conversations around it will be very valuable. You'll probably want to visit the show notes on this one because we've linked to a lot of other stuff. Um, we are also attempting to shoot a video of this particular episode. So if that turns out, we will have that in, in the show notes as well. And we'll put some slides in and, you know, do some things to uh, uh, help make this both visual as well as uh, auditory. So definitely uh, go get the show notes for this episode. All you have to do is go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 112. And in addition to all the links that uh, will be there uh, that I've just referenced, you can download the 10 critical shifts in the market for lifelong learning brief that uh, Salisa mentioned earlier. You'll also see a link for review my LMS, which we've been talking about. And um, we certainly encourage you to go there and leave a review. And you know, in return for your efforts, you will get that $50 discount code that you can apply on top of the code that we mentioned earlier in this episode for Learning Technology Design, our virtual conference that will take place in February 2018. While you're at leadinglearning.com slash episode 112, you're going to see various options for subscribing to the podcast. And if you're getting value out of what you hear, we would be truly grateful if you would subscribe. We would also be really grateful if you take just a minute to give us a rating on iTunes. It's not hard to do. You just go to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes. It'll get you to the right place. Give us some stars, hopefully five stars. Leave just some brief comments about the podcast, but it helps others to know what the podcast is about, um, helps it come up in, in search engines for people who are looking for this type of content. And of course, you know, it helps us feel good if we know that uh, you do actually value the podcast and are tuning in and, and taking the time to give a review. So get over to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes. And we hope you'll also consider telling others about the podcast. You can send out a tweet simply by going to leadinglearning.com slash share. Or if tweeting isn't your thing, you can pick another social network or uh, some other way to spread the good word. So thanks again. And we'll see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast. <laughs>